Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining you on a Sunday evening. Robbie live from uh, TD Ameritrade Park in Omaha, Mississippi State, a 2-1 winner in their first game in the College World Series. Thank you for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen who are out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. You can get a victory Sunday next time you're at uh, Churn and Spoon. They're not official yet, but just go, just go get one anyway. You should do it. And, of course, you want to start your morning the right way with a, a trip through the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse. You're going to need that caffeine, you know, to, you know, the nerves have probably been rattled by that ninth inning. Maybe, you know, a little little soothing influence of coffee, perhaps a, a nice chai tea. I don't know. I don't know what calms you down. But just get after it when you head over to Strange Brew. College Corner, hopefully you guys uh, racked up this Father's Day. We need to get some more giveaways going from College Corner. We'll see if we can't make that happen. But, hey, anytime's a great time to head over to College Corner and check out the new maroon and white merchandise. You want to go to work tomorrow in that brand-new MSU polo. Well, if you didn't get one for Father's Day – College Corner's got plenty of them available for you. Two locations in the Jackson area, uh, in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet and Floyd by the Half Shell, or you can shop online, collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco remains Starkville's newest and best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots, a menu unlike you've ever seen before, and something for just about everybody on it. There's no, there's no complaining when you go to Humble Taco. The food's great. A lot of great drink specials in the atmosphere just can't be beat. Head over to University Drive and check out Humble Taco, Starbucks newest and best Mexican restaurant. Robbie, you had a, uh, you, you know, when you when you go to Omaha, you know you're always going to see something special. It's always exciting, but you get to see a little bit of history tonight uh, as Mississippi State's pitching was absolutely dominant from start to finish, and the Bulldogs launched themselves into the winners bracket with a two-one win. Is it, is it fair to say this is sort of the Will Bednar we've been waiting all year to see? Yes. First and foremost, I want to tell you how much I miss you. <laughs> I, 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 really, I really do miss you, and I don't like doing the Zoom thing, but um, it is what it is. But, yes, I, this is the first-round, projected first-round pick that everybody was expecting. He was absolutely filthy. didn't matter if it was a fastball, slider, whatever he was locating he was pumping strikes and they couldn't hit it they couldn't catch up to his fastball and it was just it was art is what it was will bednar pitched the game of his life and he admitted that it was likely the game of his life walked one batter which was the last batter he faced and that was a strikeout by the way he should have struck that guy out to start the inning off and he was None too happy about Chris Lamonis coming out of the bullpen, out of the uh, dugout to get him and go get Landon Sims out of the bullpen. He really wanted to finish that seventh inning, but my goodness, what a masterpiece he threw. And then you follow that up with Landon Sims, who, you know, up until the ninth inning was, was unhittable. It was as dominant of a pitching performance as I've ever seen at Mississippi State, and uh, especially considering the circumstances in the College World Series against a good team the number two team in the country, to do that might be one of the best pitching performances by a team in the history of this of this thing, at least in, in TD Ameritrade, for sure. Well, when you talk about the strikeout record, Mississippi State and Texas had combined, I believe, 32 strikeouts uh, in this game. And that is a College World Series record. Mississippi State 
with 21 strikeouts. That is a college World Series record. But what makes it interesting to me, Robbie, is before the game, you're tweeting about, you know, the wind has, swi- has switched over and it's blowing out. I went into this game thinking the bats might light up, but neither team could do anything. The pitching was just that good, and that's not only Will Bedner, but Texas's Ty Madden. I mean, you saw a high-quality pitching matchup, two future first-round guys. It did, and that, that's what's so impressive about what they were able to do. Nobody was able to put a solid swing on the ball. I mean, it, it wasn't until the ninth inning that someone actually tagged a ball that a Mississippi State pitcher threw. I think Melendez hit one pretty hard against Bednar at one point and flew out to center field, which, by the way, when that one left the bat, I was thinking that's way out of here with this wind, and it just yeah. kind of died out there. Yeah. But nobody was able to, to really get a hold of anything. I thought Ty Madden was having a ton of success with that rising fastball that was just right on top of the bat that they couldn't really get on top of. And there was only a couple of hard-hit balls off of him. I mean, like you mentioned, we're not talking – right now about what Ty Madden was able to do because that's how good Will Bednar was. And, you know, Pete Hansen came in. We talked about both of those guys being their best two. A little bit of a surprise that he came in in that ball game, but I think what they really wanted to do right there is shut that thing down and give him a chance in the ninth. And he can probably come back if they need him on, on Tuesday and start. Um, that's Hansen that I'm yeah. talking about. But um, neither pitcher was able to get barreled up, and I think that was the key in this thing because uh, none of the offense were able to get going. But Mississippi State just found a way, which is what they've done all year. And they mm-hmm. they haven't just had, you know, power numbers through the roof. They haven't been blowing people out. They've just found ways to manufacture runs. And the way that they did it tonight was kind of the ultimate 2021 Mississippi State way. They got the sack fly, and then Brad Cumbus dropped a triple somehow in right field. Um, and it was all they needed, which is really unbelievable. Yeah, you mentioned Cummins there. And once again, like you talked about, uh, I think it was last week, the bottom of the order, just so important. And that's where the only, you know, the runs came from in this one was the bottom of the order. Brad Cummins, that triple was, you know, a little a little unusual for sure. But, you know, he, he got the job done. DeBrule had a, had a sack fly. I mean, that, that's, that's how State got, got it done in this game. And, again, you know, I don't think that we're going to see a game where Rowdy Jordan and Tanner Allen and, and Cam James and those guys are as quiet as, as they were in this game. So you've got to be feeling pretty good if you're Mississippi State. And now, you know, Virginia's been playing really good baseball. But, I mean, Tennessee was clearly, you know, probably the hottest team on this side of the bracket. It looks like Mississippi State has a great chance to avoid them. I mean, it, everything's worked in Mississippi State's favor to this point. And, listen, we, we discussed this the other day. Teams like Virginia and NC State, those are teams you don't want to play right now because they're hot. They're getting big hits. They're, they're tough to get out at the plate. Virginia had a kid come up there today. His dad has been dealing with cancer. I don't think he's had a home run all season long. He goes three for four, hits a home run with a double, has the game of his life. That team right now is 2018 Mississippi State. They snuck into the, the um, uh, Super Regionals. They, they get to Omaha by hook or crook, and now they're just impossible to get out, and they're just finding ways to win. You don't want to play teams like that. But Tennessee has probably the most complete offense in this thing right now. And uh, from a pure talent, you know, potential and standpoint, that's not a team that I want to see. I'd rather play um, Virginia if I'm Mississippi State because um, you feel like you can manage that lineup a little better. I know they're, they're playing really well right now, but 
this is the best matchup for Mississippi State for game two. And now you got a chance if you win that one to get to Friday, which is so key to trying to get a national championship. You win those first two games, you get to Friday, you got to get beat twice, and you've got two days off. Tuesday's huge. Yeah, it really is. Don't want to go too far down the road with Tennessee, but can't help but wonder, you know, for a team that isn't used to going to Omaha, if the, the moment was a little big for them on Sunday when, when they when they got shut out by Virginia. Let's get back to Bednar for a minute because, you know, and, and we've talked about it before, and obviously I talked a lot about it with Joel prior to you coming on, and that's the, the, the home away thing with him and McLeod both. It, it is a real thing, and I, know, I don't know why it is, and when I've asked Chris Lamonis about it, he doesn't know why it is, but it, it is a thing. And so now on a neutral field, I mean, you got to see – you saw Bednar. If you're going to get that from McLeod, you're going to be in great shape. Did, did Lamonis – and I didn't I haven't seen on Twitter. Did, did Lamonis give any indication how he's leaning for, to start on Tuesday? He did not. And, you know, I mean, they, they have a chance now to, to go through it for one day. But you, you got to think it's probably going to be McLeod. But you and I talked about this the other day. I, I would not be opposed to throwing Houston Harding in this game. If it would have been Tennessee, I definitely would have considered it. But you might can make it through this with, with uh, McLeod. And then that sets you up for if you can get to a championship series, you got your one and two um, pitching as well, and you, you don't have to worry about all that rest. But I, I got to think it's probably going to be McLeod. And if this wind shifts, which I believe it will, then you have a really good setup for McLeod because he is a guy that can pitch to contact and he's going to get some fly balls. But I mean, if he's missing bats like Will Bednar did, it doesn't really matter doesn't what really the matter, yeah. looks like. But you're exactly right on this um, this home and away thing. I mean, we yeah, I, I went after this stat whenever McLeod uh, shut down Alabama. But listen to this: a duty noble field, Bednar has a four six earn run average away from duty noble. That thing is now under two runs. It's yeah. a two. It's it's over two runs differential between pitching at, Miss, at Mississippi State and pitching at um, uh, anywhere else. Which you know, State's played as is it's been a hitter's park this year, and um, you know he's given up some some home runs. But there's something about getting away from Duty Noble for for these pitchers, and you hope that that stays intact here with Christian McLeod because, buddy, if you get that those kind of performances from your starters. This team could could very easily win a national championship. Yeah, I mean, we we've talked about Vanderbilt right now. Okay, if you get, you get Rocker and, and then Lighter wins game two, all they've got to do is win one more game, and then they go Rocker Lighter again. Mississippi yeah. State is in that same sort of boat, in that if they win tomorrow, and then Harding can win game three, yeah, it's. I mean, you could legitimately see Rocker versus Bednar, and then Lighter versus McLeod for the national championship. That's, that's, that's the kind of setup Mississippi State has. They are going to have to hit better tonight. Was it just that Ty Madden was also really, really good and maybe we're not giving him enough credit? Or are you, are you a little, you know, after one game, as much as you can be nervous about State's bats up there in Omaha? I think you, you have to give Madden an enhancing credit. I mean, the, the thing that made him so um, susceptible in that first game that they played – was the fact that he couldn't locate his slider and he was having to to force fastballs in there for strikes and State was just hammering them. Well, tonight he was able to locate that slider a little bit, but he was also 
painting corners with a fastball, and the fastball up high in the zone was just untouchable. I mean, you saw the weak ground balls in the first inning. That's kind of where it started. When you throw a fastball up there about, you know, chest high or above, hitters aren't able to get on top of it. And they, they, they're just rolling ground balls over to the right side. Weak contact is what he got all night in swings and misses. I mean, 10 strikeouts in seven innings, walked a couple of batters. Um, and the, the one walk to Cam James was huge because – uh, it got him on base to lead off the inning, and then he goes first to third on a base hit from Luke Hancock. But State took advantage uh, a couple of times when they needed to. You wanted to see a little more offense out of this team, but it, I chalk it up really to, to getting two really good arms and those guys just dominating as well. Twelve strikeouts against Mississippi State hitters. State's pitchers were just were just better tonight, and – uh, I, I don't see a real cause for concern because as you go further on in this tournament, you're, you're not going to see these ty- type of arms. Um, you're not going to see Ty Madden come back on Tuesday. You, Pete Hansen's probably going to pitch, but you're not going to see these type of arms once you get further and further into the tournament. But these first few games are usually the best pitching you're going to see of the uh, entire tournament. What did, you, what did uh, Chris Lamontas have to say after this? What did you take away from him? Well, first of all, we were having uh, technical difficulties, and he he um, was excited about me being muted for some reason. <laughs> I don't I don't understand. I, I was sitting there; I was completely off guard, caught off guard. And he he knows that you copied that story from that other kid, and he's not having any of that. He is he's he taking up he's taking up, up the Tennessee guy, huh? But that Tennessee guy from you know the Angel Fire blog that he's running. <laughs> And, and, you know, is writing stories that 16 people, including his entire family, have read and got quotes from one guy. So he heard about that. He was really upset about that. He had had enough. Yeah. But, uh, no, you know, Chris was, was really excited about what he saw from Bednar and, and Sims. But, um, you know, he, he was just really giving credit for, for the stuff that Bednar was able to show. And, you know, one of the things he mentioned, he was talking to Foxhall before the game – and just looked up there at the wind. And I mean, this has been a steady win. I'm looking, I'm sitting in a, a radio booth right now at TD Ameritrade. I'm looking out on the field and the center field flags are blowing straight out. And it's been like that most of the day, if not all day. Mm-hmm. I went out there pregame and my first thought was we're, we're about to see four or five home runs. Yeah. So Chris told Foxall before the game, just strike them out. I mean, it's easier said than done, but he said, you know, if we're striking guys out, we don't have to worry about it. And um, so that was kind of the mindset of Bednar up there is let's get some swings and misses and let's make it hard for him to get the ball in the air. And, man, they they hardly hit the ball in the air. I I think they might have had one fly out and they had a pop out, and that was it against Bednar. I mean, he did an incredible job of missing bats. And he got some um, some calls looking as well, but that was just incredible. Which I, you know, I think they struck out 18 times against State in the first game of the season. But you know, we were talking about in the press box. I mean, didn't have a whole lot of at bats in the cage and things like that coming into right. that with the weather. But yeah. at this point in the season, you shouldn't strike out that much. But you got to give credit to Bednar. Yeah, it really was something to watch. A, a very, very. Uh... Uh, yeah, it's a historic uh, moment for for Mississippi State in terms of their postseason, and not uh, even their postseason. It's just in their their history. I mean, that's that's up there with with the you know Eric Dubose's complete game, and and uh, even though he lost the game, Chris Stratton's game down at LSU. I mean, that, that's it's up there in those 
that pantheon of pitching performances uh, that will always be remembered by, by Mississippi State fans. Uh, I said now the, the ball- exact same thing to uh, Joel Coleman when we were talking about the game uh, in the press box. That had to have been I, – I, you know, I mentioned the same thing. I felt like it was up there with, with Stratton. But considering where they're at, the stage that they're at, mm-hmm. it might have been the best of all time. Right, because, I mean, you're talking about this is game one of the College World Series. I mean, this is yeah. – is, you're, you're, you're now four wins from a national title. Right. And Will, and Will Bednar has set state up in, I mean, incredibly well. Only having to use two pitchers, and you've got that day of rest, so you know that, that Sims can come back and at least give you an inning if you need it. On Tuesday, State's just as in as good a shape um, as they can probably possibly be in. Um, anything else stand out for you from, from, from tonight and as far as or just being in Omaha in general? Uh, it appears that Mississippi State has made the trip. I'll say that in terms of the fans. A bigger crowd than they had in uh, 2019. Yeah. I, I thought much bigger crowd than they had well, in 2019. Well, a lot of that is because Brandon Walker has done such a fine job of growing the game. Hashtag growing the game. Yes. Um, one of the things that I just continue to be impressed by is Landon Sims' resolve when he comes in the game and when the game is on the line. Um, you know, he's been good all season long, no matter the circumstances. You know, you take away that Tennessee game where the game just did not matter, uh, and he's really been right next to, to Kevin Copps, the most dominant pitcher in college baseball, especially out of the bullpen. Listen to this, Brian. And games that he's entered this season, when it's been tied or he has an opportunity to save the game, he's 4-0, .73 earn run average. He's pitched 37 innings, given up 15 hits, three runs, just five walks, 62 strikeouts, and he's 11 of 11 on his save opportunities. And this is another game where – you know, the last three games have really been tight situations that he's pitched in. The last three or four games he's come in. Go back to that Campbell game, had a guy on third base, got a ground ball to get out of it. First and second against Notre Dame, um, best one of the best power hitters in baseball up, got a ground ball. And tonight got squeezed on a strike three that would have ended the game, ends yeah. up giving up back-to-back hits. Guy's standing on third base again uh, with a chance to tie the game and he gets a ground ball. I mean – He's doing what Jonathan Holder did in 2013, um, but but on a higher scale to me. I, th- I think he's surpassed what Holder was able to do. Yeah, I agree with that. That, that. that he because Holder just didn't have the swing and miss fastball that 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 Sims has. Holder he was strikeouts, but it was unbelievable. Like it was unbelievable what he was doing to those Texas hitters when he came in. I mean, yeah. the, the first two innings he pitched, they were just they were just throwing felt, the bat up. I felt really bad. For the first guy he faced with or with Bednar getting the strike before Lamonis could get him out of the game, it's like you're going to go into against Landon Sims and it's already 0-1. Just sit down. <laughs> Just sit and that was you have no chance. And that was Melendez, I believe. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not incorrect. Mm-hmm. Who had that? He came back and had that 11 pitch at bat and yeah. should have struck it. There were there were two or three strikeouts tonight that should have been strikeouts that weren't strikeouts, but. The game should have been over right there on yeah. a two-two count, and but a, gr- a great at bat by him, I thought, uh, to keep the game alive. And now Mississippi State will take on Virginia uh, on Tuesday. That's a six o'clock first pitch again. Uh, no announcement from Miss I assume that'll probably come today, Monday, as you're listening. Uh, that uh, Mississippi State will announce who's pitching. Obviously, it will be either Christian McLeod or Houston Harding. Who that will be, I don't know. 
what I love, though, if you're for a Mississippi State perspective, is I mean, I feel great if you're telling me, in, you know, coming out of the losers bracket, so you're probably facing somebody's fourth best starter, and I can throw McLeod or Harding. You you have to feel great about that. Yeah, they're uh, they're they're in good shape. I mean, and um, for Virginia, they had uh, Abbott go, who was just fantastic against Tennessee's lineup, and they still have some pretty good pitchers left. They still got their closer that's had a really good run. State's got to get some runs, I think, early in that ball game to to give McLeod some confidence, and uh, and then beyond that, I mean, if you win that ball game, you are sitting in even better shape than you were, uh, I think, in in 2019 because of what you have both on the pitching mound and offensively. I feel like you're going to be feeling pretty good. There's not an Oregon State coming up to the bottom half of that lineup um, in the, on this side of the bracket. Yeah, yeah, that, there there is no – I mean, Oregon State was the best team, you know, two, yeah. I guess that's three years ago. And State, and State was not anywhere close to the best team. Uh, three years ago, and State still only needed one more win against them. So we'll see where this takes us. Obviously, you, know, you got this is the same position State was in 2019. They didn't get the job done that year because they, you know they lost a rocker in game two. If they can stay in the winners bracket, though, it's going to it's going to be tough to keep them out of the national championship series. Uh, that much is for sure. Not bad for uh, for Will Bednar, who uh, one pundit described as serviceable uh, earlier today. Before we uh, what. Who no. who said that? Oh, um, uh, just this guy. He he's a big believer in hype. Oh, God. at what point do you just shut your mouth? <laughs> we haven't reached it yet, evidently. So I don't think it's ever going to happen. To be honest, no, it's probably not. Uh, before we, we move on over, I want to give a quick thank you to everybody who showed up in the green room tonight. That was a lot of fun, Robbie. When you uh, get back from Omaha, we're going to do some of these this summer. Maybe some classic game watch alongs. Really fun. Hope some more of you guys will join us on uh, Tuesday. We'll be doing it again, uh, just a little watch-along party. It's, it's free. Download the Spotify Green Room app uh, and just uh, follow me on there, and they'll get, you'll get notifications uh, when I go live. We'll do that again on Tuesday. It was a lot of fun tonight. Uh, I think we had about 50, 60 people in there. I think we continue to grow that, and it'll be something, uh, something different we can do uh, for watching Mississippi State sports. All right, let's move on over just a quick football thing, and that's brought to you by our good friends, over at Welcome Home Beef. Welcome Home Beef. If you had it, Welcome Home Beef for Father's Day, well, then you had a good Father's Day. You had the Bulldogs win, and you had a great steak. And any day can be a great day of Welcome Home Beef because they are always selling great steaks. So give them a call. Hit them up online. They ship to a lot of places, and you can put together a great meal for you and your family. That number is 662-268-8148, or you can visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. It's another place where you just can't go wrong. Anytime you're in Starkville, you need to make sure that Two Brothers is on your list of places to go. Robbie and I were just there this past week, and, man, that was another great meal. It just can't – they just can't miss. I've never gone in there, walked out, and said, you know, it just wasn't good tonight. Every time they're, – they're, they're like Landon Sims. Every time you can count on them. So head over there next time you're in Starkville. Grab yourself something delicious. From Two Brothers Smoked Meat, smoked southern soul food in the heart of the Cotton District. Advantage Business System says, hey, let's take care of it two ways. Let's give you an uh, a inventory, a long list of products, services, technology, everything your business needs to operate with more profits and less problems. 
And then let's back that up with the kind of customer service you would expect from your next door neighbor. And that's what Advantage Business Systems is. They're a local business, first and foremost. They serve Mississippians and have been for 46 years. You don't stay in business for as long as they have unless you're doing things right by your customers. Why don't you call them today and find out how they can help you? That number is 601-362-9192. Or you can visit them online at absms.com. You'll find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. I've always thought we should play like a uh, like a slow version of the Cruden song when there's a decommitment or an abandonment, as I like to call it. But uh, we'll just can we'll you play it go. backwards? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. Um, it'll probably have it probably like the old Ozzy Osbourne records. You find out I'm saying like, praise Satan or something. Slit like my wrists and yeah, worship exactly. the devil. Exactly. Now, it would be completely, you know, unintentional, but that's where we would end up. Um, Jacarius Clayton, big lineman out of uh, Tupelo, had been committed to Mississippi State since his sophomore year of high school, committed to Joe Moorhead. He has uh, left the Bulldog class, which has undergone sort of a cosmetic uh, change. And, I, and I, I'm not one of these, you know, I, conspiracy theorists, but State had a couple of four-star guys a few weeks ago, and now they have none. Uh, and the, the rankings, I think the, the rankings from either Rivals or ESPN came in and then messed with the composite scores. But Clayton out now, I guess this might, you know, I know you've been in Omaha, you probably haven't had a, told, a whole lot of information on this, but is that a guy that you think could find his way back to this class or, or is that ship probably going to sail? Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, that they're, they're, they feel like they're going to have a good defensive line class, which. Uh, you know, it seems like he can play either side of the line. And I think State's had some conversations with him about playing offensive line. It's just so strange. This guy's been committed, you know, since his sophomore year or whatever. He was going to be a tight end for Joe Moorhead. Goes to the other side of the line. Looks pretty good on the defensive line last year for Tupelo. And then, you know, he's got a pretty good body for offensive linemen. But he hasn't played – a lot of offensive line hasn't played really any offensive line outside of whenever he lines up as like an attached tight end or something like that. But, uh, you know, some people think he's, he might go to Ole Miss at this point, but that was a guy that was a pretty strong commitment to this class since a sophomore year and suddenly pulls out of it here. And, you know, States um, searching for, for somebody else probably on that defensive line, but, the Bulldogs are in pretty good shape up front, and they've made some some headway with some guys. So it's not something that I'm really concerned with if I'm a Mississippi State fan, especially in June. Uh, you know, there was a – I think there was like a 15-page thread on our message board the other day, and I had been gone all day, and I come in, there's a seven-page thread at that point after a few hours. And whenever you see that many posts on a thread – you kind of are like the uh, the Simpsons gif when you walk into the door and then you turn <laughs> right back around, get, set your hat down, and then you, you grab the hat and go right back out the door. You, you know that the, some posters have gotten going into a back and forth and those kind of things. Then you go oh, in there and sure. you see you see our guy Pipe Dream in there. Yeah. Uh, you see Dog Bone and Pipe Dream going back and forth with each other. Um, you know, the usual suspects, but it, it's – yeah. It's June. It's June, guys. It's June. What, one thing I will say, and, and I've said this for day one. I mean, if you're Jacarius Clayton, you're, you're a sophomore in high school who's six foot five and 240, 250 pounds, right? You know that offers are going to come your way. You're just too big an athlete at that size and, and that age to not get good offers. Why are you committing? 
Yeah. If you want to enjoy the enjoy the recruitment process, make your if you know if you are confident that enough schools that have good offers are going to will hold a spot for you all the way to signing day, let them hold it and make your decision then. There's just no point in, in anybody. I think that's what it, I think that's what he's he's about to do here. Yeah. I, I don't think he's about to. Um, I don't think he's about to jump on a commitment anytime soon. I, no, I, I, I get the I impression think, that he's that he's thinking, okay, I'm a legit prospect now. Let's see what happens. And sometimes those kids, when they're sophomores or whatever, they get that offer and they just they jump on it because yeah. it's exciting to them and they don't they've never been in this process. Before. And from what I've read of Clayton, he is, he grew up a Mississippi State fan. His family are Mississippi State people, so that you know maybe there's a little I've always wanted to play there kind of thing. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with, you know, enjoying the recruiting process and all that. And I understand that the recruiting process is different for a committed athlete versus an uncommitted athlete. I get that. Just, just for me, you know, if, if somebody if said, what is your advice to recruits? It's don't commit until you absolutely have to. Yeah. Even if, even if you're, you're, I, Hey, I want to go here. If, if, if that school's willing to hold their offer, their spot for you until signing day, Take as many trips as you can. Get as much out of it, the process as you can, both legally and illegally, for all I care. But and, it's such a it's such a catch twenty two though, because you do have coaches that are that are pressuring kids, saying, "Well, I only have one, right. one two spots left." You know, so it, it's it's tough. It's tough for these kids. But they don't the, they don't know what to do. The good prospect, the guy who's looking at his profile on twenty four seven, and look, I'm a four star guy. I've got offers from State and Ole Miss and LSU and Alabama. If I want to go to State, they, they will wait. doesn't matter what Leach is saying. If I want to go there, they'll wait for me. you got to know that. And I know what coaches are saying, but somebody's got to be in the, on the other side of that. And I'm not talking about one of these, you know, fly-by-night runners or drivers or whatever that, that, that getting – I'm talking about your parents and your, close, your, co- your, your high school coaches who say, look, son, you know, you make the best decision for you, but you know – these schools are going to keep spots open for you. So there's Mississippi State would wait until signing day to take Jacarius Clayton. He could wait all the way up into the end, and then on signing day say, I want to be a Bulldog, and that, that letter of intent's coming his way. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I, I, it feels like this is a guy who might get back in the boat. And State's had some success in the past couple of years with guys who've, who've left the class and then come back in, but they've also had some guys who left the class and they couldn't get back in. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I think they're going to be good no matter what on the defensive line. Yeah, I, and, and I think they're going to get the offensive they, line too. Yeah, they're, they're going to get you know a, a Xavier Harris or Travion Williams or somebody like that. that R.J. Moss, somebody like that. Yeah, and so then on the offensive I, line, it looks like the next guy to commit might be this kid Cam East out of New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, that feels sure. like and, that, and, and and Steve reported yesterday on the board that he is uh, apparently coming down. Hopefully this weekend. I believe it's this weekend. Mm-hmm. For a visit with his parents, which that could be big. Yeah, yeah, and if that happens, I mean, state's offensive line class is, is as good as we've seen uh, in recent years. So we'll see what happens with MSU on the recruiting front. All right, tomorrow's show, uh, we will uh, we'll be uh, talking. You know, we'll probably have an idea on who's pitching uh, for Mississippi State, so we can go ahead and set up that matchup with Virginia. I might see if I can get somebody on from Virginia to talk to, and uh, we might be able to have that interview as well. So we'll see. And then we'll uh, we may have to sort of forego the rumblings this week because you know Tuesday, that's that's game day. So you know wh- when are we going to do that? We'll figure it what, out. What about Wednesday? Wednesday being the off day might be the day to do it. So let's just go ahead and plan for, to go back a day. 
That, yeah, that makes I, I'm sense. gonna I'm gonna need something to do on Wednesday, especially if, if state wins mm-hmm. on Tuesday and I've got two days yeah, to two do days. absolutely nothing. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna need something to do. Let's let's do it on Wednesday. Especially since you're right across from that casino. I don't want you going over there and spending your money. The horseshoe. Hey man. I'm excited. If they have a sports I, book, if they have I, a sports book, if you just go over there, put a hundred dollars down on Alabama to oh, no no, I'm, you know what? I'm going to stick with my original pick. Put a hundred dollars down for me on Georgia to win the national title. I'll pay you back when you get back into town. Okay. But how, how perfect was it, by the way, that Joel, is, he takes this picture out of his window, just this picture-perfect sight from his hotel of TD Ameritrade, mm-hmm. living the dream. I walk into my hotel, I open up the curtains, and there's this horseshoe casino right there with the bright lights of Council Bluffs, Iowa. The only thing that would be more fitting is if I opened the, if I had been there and opened the doors to mine and it was right next to a golden corral. <laughs> it's the only thing more fitting. So you know, right. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to my mother here, but when I went to Baton Rouge one time, mm-hmm. um, I think it was for the Super Regionals of 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, I opened up my window and there was a strip club outside. <laughs> careful now, careful. I did not attend, mother. I would never do anything like that. I did not attend. But it was there. It was there. Yeah, there you go. All right. So Robbie and I will be back with you tomorrow. He, again, he will be up there in Omaha, and uh, we'll we'll sort of set up Mississippi State, Virginia, and then Tuesday show or I guess Wednesday show. We'll recap what happens in that game. Thursdays will be a rumblings, and then Friday we're either looking ahead to the winners bracket or we might be recapping a Mississippi State game uh, as well. So we'll see. Guys, have a great uh, day, and we'll be back with you very very soon. For Robbie Falk, reporting live from Omaha, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.